Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. This is edition number 33 of season 8 as we continue looking at the Westminster Confession of Faith. My name is Pastor William Hill. I'm the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. Today we come to paragraph 3 of chapter 6 as we deal with the issues related to the fall of man, of sin, and the punishment thereof. Let's pray together first, and then we'll briefly look at this very short paragraph, paragraph number three of chapter six. Let's pray. Father, as we turn now to these very important matters, we see something of our sin and how it entered into our universe, into your universe, this world in which we live. And as that begins to set the foundation for the coming of Christ the mediator and that which he would accomplish in the great reversal of the fall, we pray that you would help us to understand and that you would guide us by your Spirit, that you would forgive us for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, we come to paragraph 3 after having considered in the Tuesday edition, we considered paragraphs 1 and 2 where we see there the fall of our first parents who were seduced Uh, through the temptation of Satan eating the forbidden fruit, which they were told plainly not to eat, but noting also that God was pleased, according to his wise and holy counsel, to permit, having purposed to order it to his own glory. And through this, then, our first parents fell from their original righteousness, and they, because of their sin, plunged you and me into this world of sin. That's what we come to in paragraph 3. And Here we read, They being the root of all mankind, the guilt of this sin was imputed, and the same death in sin and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity, descending from them by ordinary generation. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, uh, even in this very brief uh, paragraph. What we he- have here is a statement that says that our first parents, particularly Adam, uh, was a perfect representative for humanity. That is simply to say that had Adam not fallen, remained upright in the first temple of God in the very Garden of Eden, that w- that perfect nature would have been then passed down to us and we would have been found in Adam and we would have been found righteous and holy. But that is not what happened, and because we descend from him now, therefore, we inherit all that he placed us into by virtue of his act of disobedience in the garden. And that is precisely what is meant in the first phrase of paragraph 3, they being the root of all mankind. We can trace the genetics of all humanity back uh, to one man and one woman Adam and Eve. The guilt of this sin was imputed. That means to say that it was given uh, to um, everyone born after (coughs) them by ordinary generation. The Apostle Paul makes this very clear in his arguments in Romans chapter 5 where he says there in verse 12, therefore just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Now it's interesting the way Paul puts this here through one man, singular, this is a reference to Adam, and death through sin, so death spread to all men, plural, because all uh, sinned. And so 
reading then in verse 15, but the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now, here we have Paul really comparing Adam, the first Adam, and the second Adam, or Adam and Jesus Christ. Through Adam's sin, we inherited all of that which he entered into, and death itself began to die and did die, uh, both physically and spiritually. Uh, But through Christ, we live through his obedience, in other words, his keeping of the law that Adam did not maintain. And so they, being the roots of all mankind, the guilt of this sin was imputed. Therefore, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the same death in sin and corrupted nature. We inherited every aspect that sin brings to the world. A confusion of our wills, our intentions, our desires, our motives, our intellect, our bodies. All of it has been impacted, infected by uh, sin. And it's conveyed then, therefore, to their posterity, the posterity of Adam and Eve, descending from them by ordinary generation. And David makes reference to this in Psalm 51, in verse 5, when he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. He's not referring to an act of his mother. He is saying that at the moment of his conception, he inherited very much a sinful nature that was part and parcel of his parents before him and their parents before them, and on and on it goes all the way back to our first parents. But the phrase ordinary generation is wisely inserted here in paragraph 3 because we know that the Lord Jesus Christ did not descend from Adam and Eve by ordinary generation. He was born of a virgin. He had no earthly father. So we read of that in Matthew chapter 1, uh, there, uh, that uh, the virgin conceived and gave birth to a son. They called his name Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And that was to protect the Lord Jesus Christ for in, from inheriting the corrupted nature that was that is ours and was our parents before us and their parents before them and all the way back to Adam and Eve. Jesus Christ, by virtue of uh, the virgin birth, did not inherit that nature. He did not descend, then therefore, from Adam and Eve by ordinary generation. So it's a very important point to underscore here as the confession is beginning to set up the problem and then we'll give the solution in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obviously, if the Savior had inherited the sinful nature of Adam, he himself would need a Savior. But he didn't. And because he didn't, he is able then therefore to save sinners from that which troubles them, their own sin, their own nature that they have inherited um, from their parents and their parents 
before them. And so we see what's known as federal headship here. We see Adam as the best representative of humanity, uh, a man that was um, that had um, original righteousness and communion with God, but fell from it because of his sin and disobedience against the law of God. And because of that, we too fell in him. Now, our shorter catechism <clears throat> even speaks to this uh, very point <clears throat> when it says, um, did all mankind, this is question 16 of the shorter catechism, did all mankind fall in Adam's first transgression? The covenant being made with Adam, not only for himself, but for his posterity, all mankind descending from him by ordinary generation sinned in him and fell with him in his first uh, transgressions, uh, transgression. And that then therefore brought man into an estate of sin and misery. But the second Adam, Jesus Christ, who did not descend by ordinary generation, he comes and he, instead of having sin imputed to us, he gives to us his righteousness, the righteousness that's imputed to us by virtue of his righteousness. We're going to talk about that more in chapter 11 when we get to the doctrine of justification. But it's enough to say for today that we see why it is that we have sin. We have inherited it, but we also do it. And we sin because, indeed, we are, we are sinners in great need of a Savior. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Thursday edition, when we continue looking at chapter 6, may the Lord help you today to walk with Him, to be obedient to all that He has said. God bless.